You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, what's going on, Discovery? Welcome to Church at Home. Listen, if I have not yet had the privilege to meet you, my name is John. I get this amazing opportunity to lead this community that we call Discovery. And today I'm excited because today... I'm pulling a message out of our sermon vault. That's right. Eight months ago, I preached a sermon series called Mind Monsters. And the week that we're going to be watching today, I spoke about two emotions that I actually see running running rampant in our nation and in our lives today. And those emotions are fear and anxiousness. Listen, I understand that we are living in an unprecedented time with the virus, as well as racism and hatred, what, what I've noticed is that the emotions that is beginning, uh, that is becoming stirred within the hearts and minds of people is fear and anxiousness. And just like what we spoke about last week, how fear can prevent you from stepping out to see what's on the other side, the same theme is, is what we're going to see today. That this idea that you're called, God has called you for a purpose. He's called you for a reason. Like you're created for a reason. But as long as we allow fear and anxiousness to hold us back, we'll never be able to step into the fullness of what God has for us. And so as we watch this message, I just want you to lean in, take some notes down. If it's good, say amen. And uh, man, let this word minister to your soul. Check it out. Don't you guys love it when you try something for the first time and you succeed? Isn't that just the best feeling ever? But then on the flip side, there's if you try something for the first time ever and then you fail. Have you guys ever done that? I've done that. Uh, my son, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that, like, if there's a way that I can figure out how to do something for less, I'm going to try to figure it out, right? Thank God for Google. Thank God for YouTube. It's just, it is what it is. And so my son... This was about a year, year and a half ago. My son needed a haircut very bad. And uh, I just, there's something about paying $25 for someone to cut your hair that it just, it's hard for me to just comprehend and to, to really get. And so my son needed a haircut and I was like, Eli, I will cut your hair for you. And uh, he's like, okay, sure, dad, I trust you. So, so we get, yeah, so we get him, I get him to uh, the restroom and, and, or the bathroom, excuse me, I got my clippers, and, and I start to just, you know, buzz his hair, thank you. I, I start buzzing the sides of it, and uh, he's like, Dad, could, can you be more gentle? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I didn't say that. We don't, we don't say that to our kids in Sonoma County. And so, like, I'm, I'm buzzing uh, his, and then I'm just like, there, there comes a time when you start doing something, and then you just start getting too confident in yourself. And I started getting really confident in my clipper flicking. And I'm just like, I'm just, I, I stop like really focusing what I'm doing. And I just start going at it. And before I know it, I'm not paying attention. And I nick his ear. Whoa, judging. I'm just kidding. 
I nick his ear, and it starts bleeding, and he starts screaming, you cut me, you hate me, like he's just, he's freaking out, and then I start freaking out, don't tell your mom, don't tell, like it's just, it's bad. Like in that moment, I caused fear in my son's eyes, fear in my (laughs) eyes, and he's bleeding, and we patch it up, and Fast forward a couple months, his hair grows out again. And I'm like, Eli, I'm going to cut your hair again. And he's like, no! Like he starts getting a little anxious. And no, you're not cutting my... And I, I, I had to hold him down one time. Be like, Eli, no, no, you're... No, you're going to cut my ear! And he, he began to become anxious because of something that happened to him in the past. Like a fear... That happened to him in the past. He became anxious about what could potentially take place in the future. And I began thinking about that. I began thinking about how how he was fearful and how that fear began to build anxiety inside of him. Anxiety about something that hasn't even happened yet. But anxiety because of something that happened in the past. And really, I'll tell you this story because I think this is a perfect example about the mind monsters that we're going to be talking about today. In fact, the mind monsters in which we're going to be discussing today, they're they're actually like fraternal twins. They're not identical twins. They're like fraternal. So they don't look alike, but they, they kind of have the same vibe going on. And this morning, the monsters that I want to talk to you, the fraternal monsters that I want to talk to you about is the monster of fear and the monster of anxiety. So that we're all on the same page, here are the definition of fear. Fear is the response to a perceived imminent threat. So fear is, uh, is this thing when, when, when you respond to something that is tangibly, physically in front of you. Like you actually see it, like you've experienced it. That's fear. Here's the definition for anxiety. A response to an anticipated future threat. So fear is something that you see that you're like, man, I'm gonna, I've experienced this. It's, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm responding to something that is tangible where anxiety is responding to an unforeseen It hasn't happened yet, but you're still getting anxious about it. Now, I don't know if this relates to anyone in the room this morning. I know sure in heck it relates to me, this idea of being fearful and having anxiety. And so what I want us to look at is how fear can cause anxiety. And if you're not careful, that anxiousness can prevent you from experiencing all that God has for you in the future. And so we actually see this amazing story uh, found in the Gospel of Mark. We actually see it in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, John, and Mark. But we see this very idea of, of anxiety almost prevent Jesus' disciples from experiencing what Jesus had for their life. And so if we're going to be in, in Mark chapter 
Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, and verse 45, and I love this. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Now, it's very easy if we just read verse 45 to, to just bypass and skim through what this text is saying right here. But, but I want us to, like, to take a little break and just to, to look what it says. It says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. We read it in the Gospel of Matthew and John. It says all three accounts says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. It's as almost as if these disciples were anxious about getting onto the boat because of something that happened the previous time that they got on a boat. And here's what I mean. If we rewind a couple chapters, Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 4, it's their first encounter, their first experience on a boat with Jesus. And if you're unfamiliar with the story, it doesn't go as planned. They get on the boat. This is Mark chapter 4. They get on the boat. It's calm. They're chilling on the yacht of Jesus, right? Like it's, and all of a sudden, the wind started picking up. All of a sudden, it started raining. That's weak rain. <laughs> Our worship director laughed when I did that. Thanks, Julia. Um, so the wind's picking up. The rain is pouring. The boat starts rocking. And they're like, ah, oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. And then I, one of them, they, they're like, where's Jesus at? Another disciple's like, he's on the bottom of the boat sleeping. They're like, what? So they go down to the bottom of the boat. They're like, Jesus, wake up. He wakes up. Jesus wakes up. And you can read this in the text, Mark chapter 4. They're like, don't you care about us, Jesus? You're sleeping and we're about to die. Don't you care? And uh, Jesus, he's like, chill. He gets up, goes to the top of the boat. He looks over to where the storm is and the rain and the thunder and the lightning. And the text says that Jesus said, storm, be still. Wind, be still. And all of a sudden, blue sky smiling at me. Right? Like all of a sudden, the sun came out, the birds were chirping, and the text says in Mark chapter 4, it says that the disciples were in awe. In that moment when they saw what Jesus did, they said to themselves, this guy is amazing. That's chapter 4. Fast forward back to chapter 6 of Mark where we started off. Mark 6, verse 40, 45, it says that Jesus made them get into the boat. Could I propose to you this morning that the reason why Jesus had to make them get onto the boat is because they remember the last time Jesus had 
them on the boat in chapter 4. Jesus is like, hey, guys, let's go on the boat. They're like, ah, hey, I remember last time, Jesus, and I think we're cool right here. Last time you told us to get on the boat, Jesus, you actually took a, a nap and you left us in the storm. We're fine chilling right here. You can go on your boat, Jesus. But what I want you to see is that there was something that Jesus needed the disciples to do that was on the other side. And so Jesus made them get onto the boat. See, I wonder if because of the moment of fear that they had in the past, they begin to get anxious about something that didn't even happen yet. But because they feared, because they experienced something in the past, it caused anxiety for whatever God had for them in the future. And so I wonder this morning how many of us, because of a fearful moment that we've had in the past, has caused anxiety for things that God wants us to do in the future, but is holding us back from ever stepping into the boat. So this morning, what I want us to do is, is I want us to look at four things for you and I to remember when we're faced with fear and anxiety. Now, I do want to preface with this. Because we live in a, just a sinful world, a broken world. Thank you, Adam and Eve, right? Like, <laughs> because we live in a broken time, we're always going to be bombarded. And we're always going to have, we're always going to face fear, okay? But we have a choice of how we want to respond to the fear. And so that's what I want us to look at this morning, just four things that you and I, that we could remember when this ugly fraternal twins pop up and are like, I'm fear and I'm anxiety, right? Like, so we can be like, chill, like, chill, got this under control. Okay, so four things. If you're a note taker, this will be in your notes. If you're not a note taker, well, we'll pray for you. Um, and so four things to remember. Number one is we pull from the past. We pull from the past. We pull from the past. So Jesus, he, he's making them get into the boat. And it's very interesting to me that the disciples, they remembered more so about how the storm almost killed them rather than how Jesus saved them. I think it's very, very dangerous for us to not remember and reflect about everything that God has done for us in the past. Because we are going to need what happened to us in the past to draw strength on it to get us to the future. And, and, and so... So the disciples, rather than, rather than seeing the beauty of the Savior, they, they, became, they became fearful of the storm. And so you and I, we have this option. We, we got to decide, are we going to focus on the storm that happened in the past or the Savior that saved us in the storm 
in the past. It's, it's our decision when fear strikes up, when, it, when we become anxious about what God want, where God wants to take us next, we got we to gotta remember. Watch this. Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 47. It says, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And he was alone, he being Jesus, was alone on land. Okay, so last time Jesus was in the boat, this time Jesus is not even in the boat, okay? Verse 48, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Can we say again? So they're on the boat, and they're like, okay, cool, Jesus, he's not here with us this time. And then all of a sudden, oh, God. It's happening again. The rain. Stop. The wind and the rain and they're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's happening yet again. We told Jesus. Where is he at? I'd imagine Peter, I love reading texts and just like, Thinking if I was in that situation, like what would I do? And I imagine Peter, he's he's like, Oh, here it goes again. Right? Like, where are you at, Jesus? I need a hero. I'm holding up for a hero to the end. Right? Like, where are you at? I need you. And the storms happen. Here's the second thing to remember. The first one, we pull from the past. The second one is we pull from Jesus' perspective. We pull from Jesus' perspective. See, what I want you to see is that the disciples, they're on the water. The storms are happening. They're freaking out. What are we going to do? Where is Jesus? Jesus, you left us. Why are you not here? Where are you at? Have you ever had that conversation? With God before. I know I have. Where are you at? And they're freaking out in the middle of the lake that was calm but is now uh, crazy and chaotic again. And what I want you to notice in verse 48 is it says that Jesus saw them on the lake. So they didn't see Jesus but Jesus saw them. See, this morning, I want you to know that whatever you're going through, you may think he's not around. You may be thinking, Jesus, why are you not in the boat right now? Why are you not working the way I want you to work right now? Where are you at? I want you to know this morning that you may not see him, but he sees you. He sees what you're going through. He sees the fear that you have. He sees the anxiety that you're going through. He sees the storms that are surrounding you. Just because we don't see him moving now does not mean he's not moving. There are some times where we got to just believe in faith that God is working behind the scenes. And so though I may not see it in this moment, God, I believe you're doing something behind the scenes. God, my marriage is still not great, but I believe you're working behind the scenes. 
God, I don't understand my finances now, but I believe you're working behind the scenes. God, I don't see the healing right now in my body, but I believe you're working behind the scenes because he sees you. He sees me. He sees us. But I'm so glad that Jesus' affection for you and for me, it doesn't stop with him just seeing us. Because that would be one thing, wouldn't it? Hey, I see you. Like, yo. But watch what he does. This is the second part of verse 48. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. So four things to remember when you and I are facing fear and anxiety. The first one, we pull from the past. Second one, we pull from Jesus' perspective. Here's the third one. We pull from Jesus' pursuit. So not only did he see them, but in due time, that's important to understand. Not in my time, but in due time. He came down from the, from the shore and, and he, he pursued them. But I think what's so amazing is how he pursued him. They're going through the storm. The boat's in the middle of the water. The storm's happening. The guys are on the boat freaking out. Jesus, he could have been on the shore. Hey, guys, 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 guys. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm mighty. I'm mighty. I'm mighty. From the shore. But I'm so glad that, that the God of the Bible is one that's willing to get up in my mess. That he's not afraid to get through the storm with me. That whatever I'm going through, that he's walking hand by hand with me through it. And so the text says that Jesus, he went and walked on the water through the storm. As if to say, I'm walking it through, I'm walking through it with you. And if I could walk through it with you and it's not affecting me, why are you afraid? He's walking with us. Not only does he see what you're going through, but I believe in faith that he's pursuing you and he's willing to walk with it through with you through it. Because he has something for you. He, he, he needs you for something specific. He needs you. There's something when you were created, there's something that he placed inside of you and there's a purpose and there's a calling that he needs you to get past your fear and anxiety so he can use you. There's something inside of me that I need to get past my fear and anxiety so he can use me to the full degree that he has for me. And so he didn't just see me, but he pursued me. And here's the, the fourth one. We pull from Jesus' purpose. We pull from Jesus' purpose. 
I want to read this Mark chapter 6 and verse 56. So they're on the boat. They come. Jesus gets on the boat. And uh, Jesus is like, why are you afraid? He's like, I don't know. And once again, Jesus calms the storm. They get to the other side. Remember, Jesus, verse 45, he made them get into the boat. There was something that they had to do on the other side that Jesus needed them to get on the boat. Check this out, verse 56. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And watch this. All who touched it were healed. All who touched it were healed. Do you want to know why Jesus wants to get you through the storm? At least one of the reasons why is because whatever you're going through has the potential to help someone else that's going through the exact same thing. The book of Revelations, it says that we overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. So what Jesus did for us on the cross, but also by the word of our testimony. You don't have a testimony without having to go through a test. And so Jesus, he needs you to get on the other side. Because he knows that there are people who need hope. He knows that there's people that need healing. He knows that there's people that, ju that, 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 that just need to be loved. He needs you to get on the boat. He needs you to get on the boat. I think that's one of the beauties of the local church is that we can all assemble together so that we can reach people who need hope, who need healing, who need to be loved. So the apostle Peter, and then I'm closing and we'll done the apostle Peter he said humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand it's as if he was reflecting on that time where he was like uh, when Jesus was like hey get on the boat nope I'm not getting on the boat Jesus get on the boat nope I remember last time you told me to get on the boat get on the boat okay <laughs> humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Listen, there comes a time, and this is really Christianity. This is becoming a Jesus follower. When we learn to surrender and submit, not to our own authority, but to the cross, to Jesus. That's Christianity. Like when you say, Jesus, come into my life, it's not saying, come into my life kinda and take over. It's like, Lord, be the, Lord is boss. Be the boss of my life. And so Peter, he, he said, hey, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. So he's learning, he's understanding this idea of humility, of humbling yourself. That he may lift you up in due time. So I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to trust that he knows what he's doing. Even if I don't see him working in the way that I want him to work, 
even if I don't see him in the timing that I need him to work, I know that in due time, he will lift me up. So this is Peter. He experienced both boat rides. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God, his mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And when I can learn to humble myself before God, when I can learn to make Jesus the boss of my life, and when I can learn that just because I don't see him working doesn't mean that he's not working, that if I could just learn to trust him, then I can trust that, verse 7, that I can cast all my cares on him because he cares for me and he cares for you. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.